My name is Sarah Dev and today's day is Friday the 16th of October and can you just start off by telling me Elizabeth your name and the, the year that you were born and where you grew up? Uh, well my name's Elizabeth Gibson, um, date of birth 1963 and I grew up in Fife. Grand. Can you start off just by telling me a wee bit about your professional work background um, and your first role within the mental health and the arts? Oh, gosh. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Uh, well, I'm the Artistic Director of Project Ability, um, or the Executive Artistic Director of Project Ability is the full title. Um, and I have been involved with Project Ability since 1990. So long history there. Um, prior to that, I, I was involved in more traditional community arts type activity. Um, prior to that, I, I uh, sort of uh, bummed around for a few years. And uh, prior to that, I was at art school. So my, my actual training is an art school training. Um, I was at Duncan & Jordanston um, in the 80s, gosh. Uh, Project Ability, when I first started with Project Ability, um, it was, well, it was 1990, it was, um, uh, and if, if you cast your mind all the way back, that was when Glasgow was European city of culture. So uh, the city was awash with, with cash. I mean, it was like, you know, I've never seen these times ever again. Um, and Project Ability was, was a very different organisation. Um, it was involved in... Uh, um, working across many different art forms. It had arms that went off and did dance and arms that went off and did mu music and puppetry and creative writing and, and just really, a, really wide um, across art forms. Uh, but it did have a focus on disability um, uh, and, and, and wider than that, more sort of social exclusion. So we, we were working with elderly people, we were working with homeless communities. I mean, it was it was really kind of a bit, you know, <laughs> it was quite a, um, it, it was quite a difficult organisation to contain because it, it, it was it had so many sort of offshoots. I mean, it really was a case in these days of um, uh, social work kind of, you know, putting a pin in a map and going, well, you know, that's a, that's a group that hasn't you know, that, that we haven't sort of had contact with. And this is obviously, again, in the days of Strathclyde, when Strathclyde was a council, so it covered the whole of Strathclyde. So, you know, um, open down to um, air, you know, it was a, it was a vast area. Um, th that was obviously not sustainable, and it, it, it certainly wasn't. And, and post-1990, everything kind of, like, literally... You know the door closed on sort of the first of April, nineteen ninety one. I mean, it was sort of shocking. Um, sort of thinking back, you know how just crash and burn these these days were. Uh, so organisations, you know, Project Ability being one of many, had to sort of you know really um, kind of refocus, repurpose itself. You know, work out what its actual kind of you know. Um, you know what, what its actual purpose was. You know what, what, what was what was the point of this organisation? Because it was um, it was many things to many different people, um, and, and we looked at what our strengths were. And um, it, it, it's quite 
it takes time to change an organisation, you know, and in some ways we were, although it was drastic at the time, it was actually sort of looking back on it because it was so immediate, um, it meant that change was immediate. You know, we were able to implement change very, very quickly. And um, we, uh, we we kind of sort of did a lot of work around what the organisation's strengths were. And we did that really looking, it was, it was, I, I guess looking back on it, it was really where, um, you know, the strongest assets were the people that worked for the organisation. So it was like looking really at what their strengths were, um, which meant that we still were working across different art forms and in different communities, but we were constantly sort of bringing things, sort of, set, you know, um, concentrating things down into less and less uh, sort of um, areas, I guess, areas of work. Um, and, and that sort of kind of continued for a few years. We also, um, up until that point, we'd been, we'd literally been in office and everything had been, you know, 100% outreach. And we, we, we'd sort of thought over that kind of transition period that it would be, the organisation would be a lot stronger and would have a stronger identity if it had its own home. Um, so it had its own four walls, it had its own sort of front door. Um, it's a lot harder for an organisation to just kind of slip out of consciousness if it actually has that identity. And so after a little bit of a search, we ended up in Albion Street um, in the centre of Glasgow and we, we set up home there. Um, and over again, over a number of years, we, we sort of, um, and to some extent it was strategic and other times it was just things happened. Uh, so our dance um Aram became independent, our music Aram became independent, you know, things started to kind of set up on their own. And um, we we sort of brought it down and brought it down into what I had by then I was in a position of, of being um uh, I, I wasn't the director at that point, but I was had much more influence into the di direction of the organisation. And we brought it down into what I considered then was our, our greatest strength, which was our, our visual arts, um, possibly because that was my background. <laughs> and so, you know, it was it was what I knew. It was um, I, I it was that was the world that I understood and felt most, you know, that, that we actually had um, a, a really strong uh, role to play. And there, there wasn't really um, a, a, another organisation in Glasgow at that time, sort of working solely within sort of community groups in the visual arts. And um, again, looking at where our sort of areas of great strength were, um, we, we, we were working a lot with the, the, the learned dis disability community in Glasgow. Um, and at that time, there was still a network of day centres, of work centres. Um, you know, by far, most people that went that had a learned disability in Glasgow who were um, uh, had involvement with social services had a day placement somewhere. And there was still hospitals. People were still living in institutions. Um, Lennox Castle, just outside Glasgow, but also each of the surrounding authorities had their own institutions. And so we kind of muscled our way in there as well. So we're working in day centres, we're working in the institutions. Um, and then all of that was subject to change. Institutions were closing, day centres were closing, um, community services were getting built up. And we were, we were able to kind of, you know, um, 
sort of ride that in a sense. We were able to offer people an alternative to uh, to what might have been their day centre provision. Although it was very, it was very firmly a visual arts focus that, that we were that that, um, that that we were offering. Um, and at the same time, um, we were we were sort of having conversations with um, people within mental health who were aware of what we were doing or the work that we were doing within learning disability and they were interested in that. And there were similar things happening within the mental health sector. You know, the hospitals were, they weren't closing, but they were, they were, there was a big reduction programme going on. Community services were getting built up. I mean, it was a real period of quite, you know, immense change of thinking back on it now. Um, and, you know, we just had some, we just had the, we, we just met the right people in the right places at the right time. And we were able to have these conversations with them. We were able to sort of say, you know, this is what, this is who we are. This is what we can provide. This is what we can give to people. Um, and we worked with people across mental health services, uh, providing um, activity, a studio based activity in, in our premises in Albion Street, but also uh, at the same time working in in the hospitals, so working in Gartnavel, working in, in Levendale, uh, working in Parkhead. Um, and, and there was a real there was a real there was a willingness within mental health services to sort of to engage in a, a alternative therapies, I guess is one way of putting it. You know, it was sort of um, but it was a learn. It was a learn. It was learning for all of us. You know, we were having to learn that language of mental health services, and they they were kind of because they were changing so much. They were having to sort of um, learn about what the third sector could offer, and the, the third sector didn't have its profile sort of in the mid nineties. At this, you know, it didn't have the same sort of profile that it has now. Um, and so we had to kind of really battle against this image of us being a charity. You know, we were somehow a, a, a charity that could that could provide. And we, we we really kind of, you know, worked with with key people to make it become more of a partnership. Um, but even back then and, and still now work within um, work with uh, Great Glasgow and Clyde Mental Health Services, or whatever it's now called, um, it, you know, it, it, it's never been strategic. We've always been kind of opportunists. We've sort of seen where there's, you know, there's maybe a little bit of a gap where there's a, there's a, a really strong need, and we've been able to kind of sort of muscle our way in there. Um, but it's, it's always been a frustration. It, 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 it's not, you know, we've not really entered into, into strategic partnership with them. Um, but we're but we're tenacious, <laughs> so we sort of just you know, kind of head down and keep going at it. Um, and again, at that point, the, the, there was mental health services were looking at, at community provision. And I guess you know we're a bit of an anomaly. We were offering people access to an art studio, uh, whatever you know, however people wanted to interpret that. And um, that 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 studio. Gosh, I can't even remember when it started. Mid nineties, you know, started with maybe six people, and then became ten people, and then became thirty people, and today it's now eighty people. Um, so it, you know, it's it's it it, it was it, it very definitely serviced a need that was there for people in the community. Um, 
but we've always maintained our independence. Um, and that, you know, again, there's been pluses and minuses for that because we've always maintained our independence and we are a visual arts organisation um, and it's, you know, we're not health funded or we're not community services funded. We haven't had that safety net, but it's, it's also allowed us to be very flexible and to be able to, to you know, kind of keep our, our, our sense of who we are over that period and, and being able to, to maintain that independence. That's very long-winded. I'm sorry about that. No, it's absolutely fine. It's it's great. I've, um, you know, you've you've given such a great overview of just how how the organisation has evolved over time, and which sounds you know like it's it's changed dramatically as times have changed, and um, you know, and adapted to to different um, situations. Um, just going back, Elizabeth, to what you were talking about, uh, you know, initially when um, you were going into institutions, places like Lennox Castle, can you give a wee bit of detail about um, what that kind of, what that looked like and what was being offered at that time? Oh, gosh, that looked like nothing any of us had ever seen in our lives before. <laughs> I mean, this this was the dying days of the institutions. You know, they were they were they were going out. Um, there had been, you know, it, it was it was it was government policy that the institutions were closing, and there was resistance on every level. You know, it was just it, it was quite an extraordinary time. Um, but there's good people everywhere, and there was there was good people sort of stepped up and, and really made things happen and made change happen. Um, so by the time we were, well, thinking back to Lennox Castle, um, yeah, it, it was well past its heyday, if that's the way to describe it. Um, and there was maybe a oh, hundred people left where, you know, there'd been, there'd been 800 at one point. Um, and it, it was just, it was really a case of, you know, there there just wasn't enough community support to get these last people out. You know, it was like, um, you know, whatever package was was kind of being um, was being put in place. It, it all got, you know, it was it was very complex. Um, so, so our we went in and and, and just you know did some uh, work um, working with occupational therapy in in Lentz Castle. It was occupational therapy. Um, and uh, it, you know, just just very straightforward projects. Um, but we did one of the ways that we got in was by sort of um, uh, badging the project around the idea of transition and about people transitioning into into the community, into moving to their own home, and exploring some of these themes. Um, but to be honest, you know, that was a bit of a um, a bit of a sneaky sort of trick on our part because, you know, we're, we're, we never went in as therapists. We never went in as social workers. I mean, we, we just knew that we could give people an opportunity to, um, you know, maybe, you know, not just learn skills, but, but you know, maybe to explore some issues that, that, they, that, 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 that the, the others of... Um, uh, structures that were in place weren't given them the opportunity to do that. Um, and then when people moved, when people did get into the, in, into their own homes, 
then we were able to follow through on people and people were able to continue their, their relationship with us by coming to workshops and coming to classes that we were offering in our, in, in our studio. So, you know, we're still, we, we still know a lot of these people. They're in their 70s now. Um, they're in their 80s, some of them. But, but we've still, you know, so that's what, you know, 25 years of, of having that contact with people, mm-hmm. um, which is all the more poignant at, at, at this time when we're not, you know, physically, we no longer have that contact with people. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's quite a thought. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. Just having that support that they've gone through, you know, with yourselves and they're continually getting that support as well. That sounds like a great, a great project. I think what it really demonstrates is how much it means to them, because, you know, they've had to fight all the way through for their day services, for their support packages, for, you know, what their support needs are. And they've all the way through going to projectability is something that they've expressed is really important to them. So that 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 continues to get included in that discussion around what their support needs are. Um, and so, you know, um, support hours get included to do as part of the package in order to bring somebody to a class. And, you know, they've sustained that, you know, we don't have any influence over that. Um, it's the individuals themselves who have, who have, you know, spoken out very loudly that this is something that that is that is really important to them, and that um, it needs to be part of that whole package of care that that people receive. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it sounds it sounds amazing just from having that perspective from the NHS. You know, a lot of a lot of um, our care is patient. You know intended to be patient-centred, person-centred and um, you know that just sounds like it's just it naturally evolved that it's it's so person-centred that they they're almost dictating what's what they how they want it to be and 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 things to progress and yeah yeah that sounds brilliant um just I suppose going on from from you know that perspective of that historical um, um, perspective of where mental health was and learning disability was, um, you've touched on it a bit, I suppose, but the stigma of mental health and how um, attitudes towards mental health has changed. Can you just talk a wee bit about that? How you feel that that those things have changed over time, or if they have. Oh, gosh. Um, Well, looking at it purely from our perspective, which is as a visual arts organisation that provides opportunities for people with mental health or lived experience mental health and learned disability, our network has got so much bigger over the last few years. So we used to be kind of the sole proponent in Scotland, you know, it was like, um, and and now, you know, we're we're very we're central but we're very much part of a much bigger network of 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 studios of this kind um true most of them are down south uh but there is more activity in 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 scotland um and again you know having to kind of separate out mental health and learned disability within learned disability it's 
you know, there's a really strong community of artists there now. Um, they, they exhibit, they, they, they work collaboratively, they work collectively, they've networked. So people in Glasgow that we work with are now pals with people in Manchester that work with, in a studio down there who are, you know, working on a, a joint exhibition with people in London who work in a studio down there. I mean, that's within the last five years, you know, that and, and that has developed into a really strong sense of community. And people really identify with that. You know, it, it, it's really helped them to kind of validate themselves as creative individuals, as artists. Within mental health, um, th there's, there, there's less networking goes on. Um, you know, the, the, there's... Uh, the, there's different things happening within sort of the, the, the studios that, that provide opportunities for people with, with uh, lived experience of mental ill health. Um, down in England, they, they're, they're quite, a lot of them are, are user-led in a way that, that perhaps, well, we certainly aren't. Um, and some, you know, some of the other studios or opportunities that I can think of in Scotland aren't quite in the way that they are down south. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, but there are, even having said that, there is still just far more opportunities for people, far more platforms for people to, to sort of, um, to, to very publicly say, I'm an artist and I have a, a, a mental health condition, I have a lived experience of mental health. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are now public platforms for people, for people to be able to sort of present their work in that forum. Not everybody does want to do that. There's still people who, who, um, who, who don't feel comfortable doing that or don't think it's necessary that they, they, they engage in that public forum in that way that, that, that you know, the work very much speaks for itself. Um, and, and so, yes, but, but there are more opportunities, that there are far, far more opportunities, which, you know, it is because there is a, a much wider understanding in society that, you know, that, that, um, that, that different voices add to the, the, the richness of our society, different expressions, different ways of expressing, um, contributes not just to the, the sort of the vibrancy of, of um, kind of contemporary visual arts sector, but to, success, to society in a whole. Um, so, so that's, that's you know, it's, it's been a gradual change, but it's definitely a change from thinking back, you know, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, so you you mentioned you know, project abilities maintained its independence. How how is it funded? Um, we're funded by uh, we're, we're core funded by Creative Scotland, mm -hmm. um, and we're just we very fortunately have are now in receipt of Glasgow Community Grant funding, um, which was a big change this year. Uh, and then, so that's our core funding. Um, our our programme, our activity, and, and this is something that, that we're really struggling with at the moment, uh, sort of thinking about how we move forward, because our business model was always such that our, our, our programme was self-funded. So the fees that people paid to attend the studio funded the studio. Um, so our, our, our daily, weekly, year-round workshop studio programme has been self-funded. Okay, and so that's a change now because I presume people aren't attending the studio 
Sumatra at all at the minute? No, uh, I mean, we closed the studio when the country, the nation went into lockdown at the end of March. And at the moment, we've, we're closed until the end of this year. Um, we haven't made decisions about next year yet. You know, January just feels like another century. I just can't actually get myself there. Uh, we've been very fortunate in that we were able to get some wellbeing, some Scottish Government wellbeing funding. Um, and then at the moment, we've been very fortunate in getting some community uh, national lottery crisis, COVID crisis funding. So we have a, an, a, an off-site online digital or picking up the telephone and calling people um, program, which is, which is funded through crisis grants. Mm -hmm. um, and how, how many people work for Project Ability and who mainly are they? Are they mainly artists? Yeah, we've got four full-time staff and four part-time staff. Um, so the full-time staff is myself and our operations manager and then a receptionist and our technician. So they're, you know, directly um, servicing the, the technician and the receptionist directly servicing the, 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 the centre, the workshop the studio. And then we have um, a marketing manager, uh, an exhibition manager, uh, a volunteer manager, and our children's programme has got a manager and they're all part-time. Okay. So and then the actual delivery is a team of freelance artists. Mm -hmm. And so do you rely um, quite heavily on volunteers as well? No, not at all. Our volunteer programme is... Um, we, we moved into our current premises 10 years ago and we just felt that we had such an incredible resource that we really wanted to, uh, you know, to make this resource for the whole of the arts community. So it wasn't just, you know, our participants. Um, and so we looked at different ways of, of opening our door to, you know, the, the widest possible arts community. And also people were coming to our door, you know, they were knocking at our door, you know, it's like, how can we be involved? How can we contribute to this? Um, so we set up the volunteer programme, which also has a residency programme, which also has students on placement, art students on placement. Um, and we recruit, we recruit volunteers, well, we did in normal times, um, recruited volunteers twice a year. And it would be about 20 people if, you know, twice a year. And that was competitive. And that was having to like interview people. And, you know, it, it, it was a really, um, uh, it, it, it was a really, it was a well-known programme within the visual arts community in Glasgow. People enjoyed being part of the volunteer programme. Um, but it was very much, uh, a, a, a supplement to our core activity. So, you know, the volunteers, um, uh, the, the sort of the basic sign up would be um, two hours a week for um, a term, you know, one term to work alongside our tutors, our professional tutors. And then that could be extended to a second term. And, you know, everybody did if they could. So, you know, every six months we would have this rotation of um, 
fresh faces coming in, you know, which was a real, a real injection of, of energy. You know, people brought their own ideas, they brought their own interests, um, they might bring a different, you know, skill. Uh, but it was it's very it was always very much considered and, and valued as um, um, uh, as an additional benefit to being part of our community, you know, um, and that was it was a benefit to the participants, it was a benefit to the tutors, and it was a benefit to the volunteers as well. You know, it was a very sort of mutually, it was a big loving, you know, if everybody got something out of this, mm-hmm. uh, but it was in no way essential to our, our the delivery of our program. You know, it was something that we were. Um, we, we just we, we really valued and appreciated, but it was never built into our kind of core, you know, um, the nuts and bolts of the organisation. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to, to hear a bit more about your work with children. Um, and are they children um, with mental health difficulties as well? As it, it's children, young people with disabilities. So from five up to um, quite elderly, quite old. <laughs> and again, we have a core programme, which we don't at the moment, but Saturdays were our children's day. So we would have five to eight year olds, eight to 12 year olds, 12 to 18 year olds, uh, 18 to 20, you know, so there was eight different age groups in all day on Saturday. Um, and very, uh, you know, a really, really wide cross-section of, of, of young people with disabilities. Um, uh, and our, our, our very young ones, our kind of, you know, primary age ones, um, were young people with quite complex disabilities, um, not by design, it's just, you know, word of mouth, uh, information going around parental, parental networks. Um, and then our older children, uh, again, you know, incredibly diverse, a lot of young people on the autistic spectrum, um, but also children with physical disability, hearing impairment, you know, just a really diverse community of young people, young disabled people. Um, and then we also have had a programme uh, or have a programme um, in uh, additional support needs schools. Um, so for the last two years, that's been schools in Renfrewshire. Um, so I can't remember the names of them at the moment, but there's two local authority uh, ASN schools in Paisley and Capability Scotland have a have a school in Johnston. So we were working, we've been working sort of, you know, for quite long term with these three schools. Um, artists going into the schools, the schools coming out to our studio, you know, a, a whole variety of, of different things, but, you know, a really strong relationship there. And then this year, um, we've got uh, artists who were supposed to be going in, but obviously they can't, they're, they're kind of zooming in, um, to Sky House, which is a NHS adolescent psychiatric unit. Who we last worked with ten years ago, you know, it's like, um, and interestingly, it's the same artists today who worked there ten years ago, and it's the same member of staff today who ten years ago worked with them. So you know, um, uh, yeah, long, long, long term. Thankfully, none of the kids are still there after ten years. Um, but yeah, a, a long relationship with Sky House as well, mm-hmm. and we've also worked or work with 
uh, Down Syndrome Scotland. We do once a month classes for families. Um, uh, gosh, who's the other one we work with? Uh, who am I oh, National Autistic Society. So we've always worked with National Autistic Society, but now at, at this time, we've actually developed a much sort of more, um, slightly more structured relationship with them. And we're delivering a lot of their arts and crafts, um, digital activity at the moment. So, you know, we've always had lots of partners. Mm -hmm. um, that's always been important to us, you know, that we've we've worked with Gamage, Flourish House, Samage, um, on the mental health side, and learn disability, just about every care provider that you can imagine. Um, and then, you know, lots of other third sector type organisations. It's such a variety and so diverse, the, the work that you're doing, it's amazing. There's so much going on. And and even now, you know, it's, it sounds like a lot of the, the projects are still happening. Just like the challenges yeah, yeah we're, I mean <clears throat> we're trying as I said we've we've got um lottery crisis COVID crisis funding at the moment which mm. that means that we've got a 12-week term that we've just started which will take us through to the end of the year and we've got um five of our tutors are delivering that to 100 participants and that's people's learning disabilities and the uh, mental health program so that's weekly contact with people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, thanks, Elizabeth. I feel like you've been you've been talking for. Uh, you, I know. It's all brilliant. <laughs> it's, all, it's all great stuff. It's so interesting. Just, um, I mean, I, I think it speaks for itself. Just the the participation and the benefits that the participants are getting from attending um, things just you know the examples that you've given that, that people you know have gone through transitions and and kept coming and um how how do you feel that you know, i suppose it differs for whoever's coming but what what do you feel that people get from the attend you know attending projectability and how do you how do you um not measure that but you know, how can you tell? What well, our, our last um, uh, our last sort of major piece of work around evaluation was um, May 2019, and our plan was that we were going to do it again in May 2020 and start building up a kind of year-on-year -year type sort of measure of of people's um, uh, different outcomes for people, mm. and. Um, you know, we, you know, we've done various evaluation over the years, but this had been quite a big piece of work uh, to arrive at a kind of um, evaluation framework that we were uh, that we were comfortable to use going forward, and a sense of community, you know, people belonging that came across so strongly that people people identified as being part of this community of artists, part of a creative community, um, and. Um, you know that that was that was quite sort of it was quite touching that you know that, that people really did um, feel that strongly about it. Uh, 
so I, I think that that I think that was number one. You know, being part of a feeling valued, feeling understood, being part of a community, being with like-minded people, being with people with shared experience. Um, in some, you know, being with with people with 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 shared life experience, um, being part of being inside something rather than always being outside of something. Um, the fact that there was of there was it, 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 there was also wider opportunities. You know, there was other exhibitions, there was other people to meet, there was other things to do. Um, feeling confident about their own ability, about the strength that you know, the strength of their their work, and, and being happy and confident about that. Um, being able to choose, being able to have choice, um, being able to have agency. Uh, you know, there was just so many positive things, um, uh, and and the feedback that we're getting at the moment from people, where obviously we we're not doing that same kind of intense evaluation, we're not interviewing 300 people um but we are we're, we're 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 kind of gathering conversations from people and and that's what people are missing you know that's really what people are missing people are feeling lonely um people are missing the the, the being part of a community um people are missing structure routine um you know some people we work with are, have got did and in fact some still do you know have got something on every single day whether it's horse riding or 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 uh dance or uh going to the allotment or you know some people just really fill their days very productively um and and a lot of people don't you know and um for a lot of people that don't um you know being part of the studio identifying as, as being an artist that was that was that was what was really important to them. You know, that was how they helped to, or, or helped to define themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Um, I feel like I've, we've gone through pretty much all my sort of prompt questions. Do you feel there's anything else that you'd like to add, Elizabeth, just that we've not discussed today that you'd like to say about projectability? Um, gosh, no, we've, gosh. <laughs> uh, we've covered a lot. Um, gosh, things that I haven't thought about for, for quite a while. I think this is quite a reflective time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sort of we're, mm-hmm. we're all, uh, um, we've all got time in our lives at the moment to, uh, to reflect on things. Um, yeah, and, and think just, you know, just thinking back of the, change of in 20 years and people's life and how services have adapted and services have changed and how also in some ways they haven't you know we we, we still work with people with learning disabilities who are in what are effectively uh, locked hospital wards um so there, there's claythorne and blythswood which are two uh tier two learning disability units nhs learning disability units you know, people are still in wards. Um, it, it's it's the same with you know we work at Gartnavel. It's the same with Gartnavel. People are still in wards, um, and, and in some cases, people are still long term in wards. And there's still just that there's that disconnect between sort of community support, which can be absolutely you know amazing, um, and then just not work for some people. You know, it's it's sort of. 
Um, and I, I don't know if we'll ever come to a time when, particularly politically, it's not so much happening in Scotland, but it's happening in England. And, I, I, I'm, you know, Scotland might well follow on where, you know, institutions are getting rebuilt. You know, people's learning disabilities are getting put back into institutions. They are building new institutions for people's learning disabilities. Um, it's a lot more cost effective to have six people living together than to have one person living in their own house. And then when do six people become 10 people, become 12 people? You know, it's just like, that's a worry that, you know, it, it, the country's going to be bankrupt in a year's time. So how do they make cost savings? And people who don't um, have, you know, uh, people whose voices don't get heard are going to be the least heard throughout all of this. And the changes are going to impact them. Uh, a lot greater than in other people. It's really going to throw up the disparities of, you know, what, what people have and what people don't have. Mm. God, that was depressing. <laughs> no, I I absolutely share your concerns there. I, I can, yeah, really understand where you're coming from. So, just one final thing. Just while I'm thinking about that, is that the absolute oh, our biggest frustration for these last. I was going to say six months, but it's now, what, 10 months or something, um, has been the lack of access that people's learned disabilities have to technology and to the internet. It is just unbelievable. It is just so poor. Um, less so with people with mental health issues. Nearly, you know, most people we're in touch with, if they don't have access to tech, it's they've chosen not to. You know, they've made that choice that they don't want a smartphone, they don't want the internet, they don't want a computer in their life. That's a choice that they've made. For people with learning disabilities, it's not their choice. They just, you know, they just don't have access to it. And um, they don't have the support. The support just isn't there. Now, we have noticed a bit of a difference between sort of May, June, July, when we were first in contact with people and September, October, you know, where we are now in that there has been some movement in in getting people or at least people's support services um, finding ways of enabling people to, to access um, tech, but it's just such a small movement in that direction. And, you know, there's no overall policy, that there's no sort of, you know, I don't know how many organisations there are in Glasgow providing services to people with uh, learning disabilities. There must be 25, 30 different agencies who are care providers. There is no overarching sort of um, uh, agreement as to how this is done or what is allowed or what isn't allowed. And so people don't know. And so because people don't know, you know, they're unwilling to kind of, you know, maybe do something that they're going to get into trouble with. and. Uh, there has to be agreed protocols that people can um, can, can work with. Uh, otherwise, it's just you know it's just going to it's just going to make that that gap wider and wider and wider for people. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant. No, <laughs> just, you're allowed to rant. It's just absolutely fine. It's just it's, it's it's a physical problem that we've got mm -hmm. that we can't actually reach people okay. who want to be reached um, because 
nobody in their house can use a iPad or can yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> I know. I know. And the answer is not to just give everybody an iPad because most of them couldn't use iPads if they got iPads. Mm -hmm. They need in place to be able to use the iPads. Mm -hmm. So I'm, oh, I'm so tired of hearing that argument of, oh, well, we'll just give everybody an iPad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it, the resources behind that, nobody ever thinks about the resources behind that. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Just if there's anything else, please, please say. I'm just going to have a wee look to see if there's anything else. Um, yeah, I suppose it's just looking, looking forward and and thinking of how, um, you know, things potentially can change, um, which you've you've talked about as well. And and you know, who knows with the challenges, what's going to be happening in the future. Anyway, but true. Um, Although you know, I had a I had a meeting up at Gartnavel yesterday, and um, we're 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 looking at uh, large large tents next summer. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? uh -huh. And you know, why not? You know, it's like there's Gartnavel's got the ground. Get some marquees up. Yeah. You know, there's there, there has to be solutions if we can't uh -huh. get onto the boards. Uh huh. Yeah, no, that sounds like a, a great idea. <coughs> um, and I've enjoyed just just before I, I spoke to you, I was just having a look at your online exhibition that's um, that's got the paintings and things. That was lovely looking through that as well. Well, our next exhibition, which opens beginning of November, um, is work that people have made during lockdown. Mm. So we've been um you know basically people what people have been doing from april uh they've been sending it into us or we've got somebody going around collecting it next week actually from some people in glasgow um, and everything will just get you know plastered up on the walls and mm -hmm. I, I think that'll be really interesting yeah so that's in november that's in november yeah I'm look forward to that okay thank you so much elizabeth um yeah, hope it's not been too draining for you. No, it's been fun. <laughs> In a strange sort of uh, yeah. strange way. I know. Good luck with the rest of the project. Thank you. Bye for Bye. now. Bye. Bye.